here tonight with you again, and we are going to turn to 1 Corinthians here in a minute. Um, I want to kind of just catch us up. It's been a couple weeks. Um, we are in. We had been in chapter 7, and we are still in chapter 7. Um, the Corinthian church, of course, has had a lot of problems that Paul has dealt with. Um, he has dealt with their lawsuits. He has dealt with immorality within the church that the church hasn't dealt with. Um, they've just, they've struggled with, um, actually what we're going to talk about tonight with unity and with the Christian life. Um, and we're going to look at that tonight. The Corinthians were a group of people that had come out of many of them out of idolatry, um, and worshiping in idol temples with prostitutes at the doorway. There had been all kinds of immorality in their worship of idols. They had come out of that, and they had at some point been believers. They had become believers. They had trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And yet they struggled with the, with the day-to-day, probably, as, as many of us do sometimes. We struggle with that day-to-day walk with the Lord. And so we want to look at that tonight. And I, Paul, in chapter 7... We'll kind of just do a quick review. We're going to be in 17 through 24 tonight. But Paul in this chapter 7, kind of the theme of it has been, and we're going to look at this. Well, let's just go there first. I, I just want to go there first. I want to go to the foundations first. And we want to just establish that because that's so important. And so... Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. You know where you can't go wrong? You can't go wrong reading scripture. You just can't go wrong. Imagine the uh, Corinthians, idolatrous people, living like the world, living according to the flesh, living after their own desires and their own sin nature. Um... Paul writes about this in Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that now is working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we, and you know, Paul says we, he doesn't say you. He includes himself as born a sinner, born with a sin nature. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature, our sin nature, born with that sin nature, children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved, and you've been raised up with him, and you've been seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing richness of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved, through faith and that not of yourself. This is all a gift of God to you. And Paul has talked about in Corinthians chapter 7, he said, we have been called to peace. Here it is. 
Salvation in Christ, by his grace, a gift that has been given to us. We were formerly, by sinful nature, children of wrath. But God has called us out of that. I think Paul would say to the Corinthians, and I would say to you tonight, we have been called from that life into a new life. To live a life that's different than we lived before. We've been saved by this grace. Not a result of works, so that any man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them, so that we would once called, once saved, once reconciled, once brought to peace with God through the blood of Christ, we would walk a new life. We would live differently. And we would be sanctified by that same power. And we would one day see the glory of God and the power of God face to face. And it's all of Christ. It's all of him. Uh, Let's turn to... I'm not done there yet. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Um, Colossians chapter 2. Let's start. Um, no, I mean, that's why that doesn't look familiar. Colossians chapter 2. Uh, let's verse verse six. We'll start with Colossians two six. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. You know, and the title of our sermon tonight is going to be contentment, contentment, gratitude, thankfulness. For the peace that God has brought and the salvation he has brought, overflowing with gratitude. I hope, if we just take a pause here, that we are always, always coming before our Savior with gratitude and thanksgiving. For he has saved us by his grace. He has brought us to himself by his mercy. He continues to work in our lives and does not desert us or leave us to our, to our own strength, our own wisdom. But he gives wisdom if we ask. He gives courage when we ask. He gives spiritual fortitude when we need it. And grace at just the moment we need it most. All of these things from God. This is the foundation. This is our Christian walk with him now, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with this gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and through empty deception, according to the traditions of men, according to the elementary principles of this world, rather according to Christ. Oh, that we would live the Christian life according to the Bible that God has given to us and the Holy Scriptures. It's exciting to me tonight that we start with Scripture, we have Scripture in the middle, and we end with Scripture. Because this is where we go. There's not a lot of places that do that. But here we look to what God says, and we look to live according to God's Word, not man's wise philosophy or man's deception or man's traditions or according to the principles of this world rather than according to Christ. In him alone we serve and we live for him and we live with him because he lives within us. For in him, and this is great, for in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. 
In him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and over all authority. And in him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. We're talking spiritual things. Now, Paul's going to talk about that in in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in his baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in working in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him having forgiven us our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken that out of the way. He's nailed that to the cross. Those things are on the fringe. They are not affecting us anymore. Our sins have been forgiven. Yes, we still have that sin nature. Yes, sometimes I still choose to sin. But we have an advocate and we have a way to come to God that says, come and confess your sins and I will be faithful and forgive you and cleanse you and keep you close. We have a new life in Christ. That's the foundation. We don't need to change anything. God has made us complete in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are secure in him. We are complete in him. We are to be content with all that he is. And yet sometimes we think physical things add to that, don't we? The Corinthians did. They thought we could, we could live a different way and it would be holier. We could end a marriage or start a marriage and it would be a more holy life. We could change our occupation. We could go in another direction and we would be more holy. That is false, I want to tell you. We are complete in Christ and he has forgiven us of our sins And we are in him and we live this new life. It doesn't matter. And we're going to talk about that. It doesn't matter what job you have, what vocation you have. You can live the Christian life right where you are. And God expects us to do that, by the way. They struggled with that in Corinth. And we're going to read in chapter 7. We'll begin with verse 17. And we want to make just a a few comments on these verses. And then I want to encourage you, I hope, with an application um, from another writing in Paul's uh, writings from Colossians that I hope will encourage us tonight to walk the walk, the Christian life, not only boldly, but consistently, joyously, um, at peace with what God has accomplished for us because he has, he has done it all. We just read that, didn't we? We just read all that he's accomplished for us. The foundation is there. Christ has saved us by his grace and mercy. God has called us to this new life uh, to walk with him, and he'll help us along the way with every step. In fact, um, we were talking to the kids today in uh, Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Follow him. Worship him. And just walk along beside him. And he will direct your paths. You you know, I told the kids today, God has the plan for your life. Follow him. 
God has a purpose and a plan for you. Right where you are, follow him. Follow him wholeheartedly. Verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each, in this manner, let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches. Paul doesn't teach one thing in one church and one thing in another. He is consistent in teaching the scriptures and teaching the word of God. Was any man called when he was already circumcised? He is not to become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? He is not to be circumcised. Here we've already talked about that. Physical changes do not do not equate to more holiness. Those things are outside the body. The change that God brings about is within us. And it continues to be the spirit that lives within us and guides us and directs us. We are to walk with him. An outside change, they thought, well, we, in fact, the Jews thought that. They, I think in um, Acts chapter 15, they wanted, the, they wanted the new converts to be circumcised. And they said, no, we're saved by faith is what the council brought about. We're saved by faith and circumcision or uncircumcision is nothing. Physical, physical things do not add to salvation, sanctification, or holiness. We, we want to live a life that's pleasing to God and use our body for uh, a sacrifice and serve him and be pleasing to him in all that we do and say, but it doesn't add to our salvation. We are saved by grace. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. Each man... Each man must remain in the, that condition in which he was called. Were you called by a slave? Don't worry about it. But if you were able also to become free, rather do that. But in other words, don't be troubled that you're a slave. Being a slave or not a slave has no bearing on your salvation. How you live and, and walk before the Lord and are pleasing to him and obedient to his will and to his word, that's the important thing. No matter whether you're a slave or, or a freedman, whether you're a Gentile or a Jew, salvation is the same for all. No one's saved by their works. No one's saved by their vocation. No one's saved by the physical things that they do. They're saved by grace. So if you were called as a, while a slave, don't worry about it. But if, if you're able, become free. Rather do that, but don't worry. Don't be troubled by that. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. And that just means spiritual emancipation, freed from the debt of sin and freed from the, the penalty of sin. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave or Christ's bondservant. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, each one is to remain with God in that condition in which he was called. Father in heaven, we thank you. Uh, for this time tonight and this passage in 1 Corinthians. Lord, we thank you. We just, we pause right now. We've read some great things tonight from your word. We just pause to thank you and give you thanksgiving for our salvation and for all that Christ has accomplished for us on the cross. He didn't do it halfway. He, 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 he said, when he gave up his last breath, it's finished. It's complete. It has been accomplished, my father. The will that you brought, sent me for, the mission that I was on, I have fulfilled it completely. 
for them so that we could be together, so that we could enjoy fellowship both now with the spirit that lives within us and for all eternity when we leave this planet. Thank you for that. We just praise you for this great salvation, this this power that it took that we cannot fathom, that you would come. All We read that all the fullness of deity dwelt in Jesus. God in the flesh, hanging on a cross for us. And we read it too. We were buried with him and we rose when we believed just as he rose from the grave three days later. We're saved by his power and by his blood and by his mercy and grace. We thank you and praise you for that. So help us to understand and help us to to just walk this new life that has been given to us by grace. This call that you have called us to is to live a life that's pleasing to you and a life that is new. A joyous life in you. Help us to help us to just grasp that in a more meaningful way tonight and help us to learn from your word tonight and hear from you tonight uh, these things. And we'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Living out one's calling uh, in life's setting. Contentment in life's position. Verse 17. The word only begins that first uh, verse there. Only. And that refers to what he's talked about before. It refers back to what has been said, verses 1 through 16, about not trying to change your position in a marriage or change your position of married or unmarried, thinking that would be more holy, not, um, not trying to be celibate and that would be more holy and that would be a better life as a Christian. No, to live the life that God has placed you in, that God has called you in. And, and he's going to talk about this calling. Only as the Lord is assigned, the Lord is sovereign, the Lord has a purpose and a plan, the Lord has placed you right where you are. Each one of us, it says, assigned each one, each one, as God has called. And that word called in the New Testament is always used of the efficacious call of God. The call that God opens our minds and our hearts to understand and receive the gospel. That efficacious call, that's the salvation call that God brings us to himself Through that call. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. And no one comes unless they're called. That's just what Scripture teaches. That no one's coming. I've heard people say, you know, well, what about about free will? Well, we're born with a sin nature and we will do sinful things. That's where we go. It may be small, it may be large, it may be trusting good things that we do for the most part, but our sin nature leads us away from God, not to God. It says in uh, Romans chapter 3, there's nobody seeking God. There's nobody looking for God. There's nobody hunting him down to try to make a peace treaty. God brought the grace to us. And so only as everyone is called, everyone is assigned that God has placed him there, each one of us, let this let in this manner, let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches. The Lord has assigned. That word means bestowed upon, given, allotted to. God has called to salvation, to sanctification, to glory. And in this manner, let that man that's been called live this new life, this Christian life, right where God has called him. Now, I will say. If you're a paid assassin, you might want to change vocation. But wherever you're called, you can honor God. 
in whatever life you have been placed in, that God has placed you there, changing that vocation isn't going to change your holiness. You are declared holy and righteous, justified by God because he has called you to himself. You have received the gospel. Let that man live that Christian life right where God has called him. The setting is irrelevant to salvation. Paul taught this same theology in all the churches. You can be a banker, a baker, or a candlestick maker and glorify God with the life you're in. You can witness for him to your fellow employees as a baker, a banker, or a candlestick maker or working in a grocery store or as a housewife or as a clerk at the 7-Eleven. Wherever you are, you can glorify God with your life and walk in a manner that's worthy of to him, working and doing the best you can, giving all, whatever vocation you're at, giving your all to that job as unto the Lord. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a thing today in the world that people don't quit their job, they just quiet quit. They just, they go to work and do the bare minimum. That's not a good testimony, I want to tell you right now. That's not what the Bible teaches us as Christians to approach our job. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do that with all your heart and all your might as unto the Lord. You could walk right where you are. Paul says, you don't need to change your vocation. Where God has assigned you, where God has placed you, where God has called you, serve him wholeheartedly right where you live and glorify him and bring others to see the salvation that he offers to them too. God wants us to live that way, this new life, to walk this new life, wherever we may be, wherever that is. And the example number one that he gives them in verse 18, he says, was any, were any of you called while he was already circumcised? He is not to become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? He is not to be circumcised. In other words, the job doesn't matter and physical status doesn't matter. There's nothing that you can do or I can do, jobs changing, works, physical changes to our body, anything like that at all. It cannot change the fact that we are saved and we are declared righteous in Christ. It's not my righteousness, it's not your righteousness, but it's the righteousness of Christ that has been given to you and me at salvation. Paul talked about that. We read that in Ephesians and Colossians, that we've been raised with Christ. We've been given all that he is. God has declared us to be his possession and justified and holy before him. Not that we, that's our position, not that we practice that all the time, but that has, God has declared us to be that. So no physical change. No physical change. My new need doesn't make me holier. Makes me slower, but it doesn't make me holier, even though it is. I think it's titanium. I keep going around saying, Iron Man. No, we don't do that. It's nothing. It's nothing. Circumcision is nothing. Changing physical things, physical change adds nothing to one's salvation or holiness. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.6 says, godliness is actually a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Let us be satisfied and glorify God in all that he's done for us, a magnificent thing that he's done for us. Was a man 
was it circumcision nothing, uncircumcision is nothing. Each man, here he says it again, he kind of restates that. Each man must remain in that condition in which he was called. Each man must remain in that condition in which he was called. And circumcision is nothing. Uncircumcision is nothing. What matters is what? Is keeping the commandments of God. Here's what matters. Being obedient to the word of God and to the will of God. I think it was in... um, I think it was in Matthew chapter 12. I think Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 through 49. Some of Jesus's family came to talk to him. I, th- I think they actually came to kind of take him home and say, he's kind of gone off the rails. We need to take him home. And they said, your family's here to see you. You know what Jesus' answer was? He looked around at the crowd. And he said, here's my family. Those that what? That are obedient to the word and the will of God. This is my family. These are the ones that walk with me and are part of my family. Those that are obedient to the will of God and obey God's word. So that's the, that's the kind of the qualifier there. And so in verse, verse 20, he says again, each man is to remain in the condition in which he was called. Each man is to remain in the condition in which he was called. Obedience over sacrifice. Uh, Obedience over works, obedience over all the things that we try to do to be holier. Those things don't add up to anything. Will you call? Here's example number two. Will you call as a slave? Don't worry about it. Or that word means don't be troubled about that. But if you were able to become free, rather do that. Um, so he says each believer, whether he's whether he was a slave, whatever that setting, slave or freedman. Don't worry about those things. If you have an opportunity to do that, then do that. In other words, what we see today, I think, is we get so caught up in social change or status. Oh, we need to get so involved in a social um, endeavor, which those things are important. We want to be a part of that. But that's not going to add to our holiness. We do those things, uh, go give to the food bank or do all kinds of things or give to the poor or reach out to people in need. We do those things. Why? Because God first loved us and we've been changed on the inside. And this new walk says my motive is changed and I do these things because I love Jesus because he first loved me. So social change or status change doesn't add to my salvation either. Were you a slave? Don't worry about that. Serve the Lord right where you are. But if you have a chance to be free, rather do that. It's not wrong to do that. Just don't make that social change your focus. Don't make that your emphasis of what you have to do to be holier than thou or something, whatever they might call that. So that second example is for the slave. Each believer, no matter what his setting, no matter what his vocation, should strive again to live this life in Christ in obedience in joy, in contentment, in holiness, in peace, in patience, in kindness, and to be merciful and loving and be loving to others, both saved and unsaved. To worship the Lord with their life and the style of life doesn't really matter. Just worship the Lord where you are and walk that Christian life. Walk that Christian life because God has saved you from your sins. We can't add to that. We can't take away from that. Don't buy into that you can be holier than thou and reach that higher learning or reach that higher status or reach that higher plane. If you just do this and this and this or the 10 point book rules or whatever they might say in the world, those are those are not from God and those are just rubbish. 
And Paul didn't teach that. He taught that you're saved by grace. And right where you are, walk that Christian life. For he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's free man or spiritual emancipation. You can be a slave and be freed. And that freed man, you know what they're freed from? You know what you and I are freed from? We are freed from worry and what else do I have to do? What else do I have to accomplish? I was with a lady a few years ago at our church up at Clear Lake and uh, we were called one night, Helen and I, and it was about 10 o'clock at night and she was on her deathbed. And we spent, spent most of the night there, you know, with her as she passed away. You know, she, when I talked to her and prayed with her, but she had this question for me. Have I done enough? And I assured her, here's the truth. You can never do enough, but Jesus paid it all for you. You can be secure. You can be at, the, at death's door and be content. Because Jesus did all of this for us. My vocation doesn't matter. Physical things don't matter. I'm a slave man. I am freed from the work system. I am freed to love Christ and to serve others and to be joyous in the salvation that God has brought to you and me. We should walk that way, content in him. We can be content in our last breath and say, it isn't up to me or what I did or what I worked or what I accomplished. Jesus did it all for me and I trust him fully. And I want to seek to walk to death's door, serving him, complete in him, content in him. If you're called while a slave, you're really a freed man. Spiritual emancipation. God has paid that price for your forgiveness and your freedom. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. You know what that puts? It puts the slave owner and the slave on the same plane. Saved by grace. And you know what else is, is cool? A slave and a slave owner can be brothers in Christ. And walk that new life in Christ together. Doesn't that, doesn't that just level the whole field for us all? That it isn't up to us. It's Christ frees us to just love him and love others. And to serve him and to walk this new life in him. And why is all of that? Well, verse 20 tells us. I mean, verse 23 tells us, you were bought with a price. Do not become the slaves of men. Don't seek more holiness. You are declared to be holy. You were bought with a precious price. You have been given this great gift. You have been brought, bought with the precious, sinless blood of Christ. Freed in him, forgiven in him. Be content in him and walk the life that God has called you to with joy and contentment in him because that's what God has called you to do. And there's great joy in that, or there should be. Slave or free, it doesn't really matter. Circumcised or uncircumcised. Baker, banker, or candlestick maker, it doesn't matter. Don't let, don't let the world enslave you to conditions or, or rules or regulations that you need to follow to get this higher plane or a higher status. Live out your new life in Christ. You were bought with this price. Don't become slaves again. Brother, each one is to remain with God in the condition in which he was called. There he says it again. He must, he must want to really drive this point home. 
Each one of us is to remain in the position that God has called, bought, redeemed by the blood of Christ, sanctified by God's spirit that lives within us and led along by that, by the word of God. And we have this communion with God and this prayer that we can come to God at any time. We can come boldly anytime. God invites us to come. Um, I want to finish up quickly here with um, Colossians chapter three. We'll go back there just for a little bit. We'll just read a little bit. Colossians chapter three. Um, We'll start with verse 9. Colossians chapter 3. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self which, with its evil practices, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. You know that being renewed to the image of Christ? You know what that simply is? That's simply walking the Christian life in prayer, in Bible study, in fellowship with the other believers, and in unity of the spirit around God's word. That's what that is. Growing in our faith, growing in this knowledge, growing in to be more Christ-like in this true knowledge, not fake knowledge. This is the word of God, and we can trust it, this true knowledge, according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction. There's no distinction between Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or freeman. But Christ is all and in all. You see what he says there? Doesn't matter who you are or what you do. If you are in Christ, you can honor Christ and you can live for Christ. He's in us. Christ is the reason. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. Here it is. Here's the, here's the Christian walk right here. Here's a description of how you and I should live this new life in Christ. Doesn't matter what job you have. Doesn't matter what your physical being is, is like. Here it is. So that we have been, we've been chosen from God. We've been declared holy. We are beloved. We are his possession. So put on a heart of compassion. Put on a heart of kindness. Put on a heart of humility and gentleness and patience. Bearing with one another and love and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you forgive. Walk this Christian life living these out. Because God has enabled us to. He's given us a new nature. And you know where you can you know where you can start if you struggle with any of these start here. Ask God to help you. Ask God to give you a desire to live this life to the fullest that he's called you to. Doesn't matter where you are in life. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter your physical attributes. Bearing one another's burdens and forgiving each other. If anyone has a complaint, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you should also do that. Beyond all of these things, put on love. And that love is the agape love that God has for you and me. That's that self-sacrificial giving just because we choose to give and expecting nothing in return. Giving because God loved us that way. 
and gave us this great gift of salvation in his son, Jesus. And God wants you and I to walk this life in that type of love. And we don't have to do it alone because God will never leave you, never forsake you. He will always walk with you in this Christian walk. He will always be with you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Love one another. Let the peace of Christ, the contentment of Christ, let the peace that God has brought. We are called to peace, Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and what? And be thankful. You can be thankful for all kinds of things. Everything. Let our thanks be on our lips and our praise of him be on our lips as we walk this Christian life. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. And with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, here it is again, with thanks, give with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts to God. Give him thanks, give him praise for what he's called us to, the life he's called us to, and walk this way. Whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you do, Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. There it is again, giving thanks through him to God the Father. What a life that God has called us to. What a joy God has called us to. What a contentment God has placed in our hearts that we belong to Jesus. And nothing's going to change that. Nothing's going to change that. If you've truly trusted Christ... If you're out there today and you aren't content with life and you're struggling with how do I be happy? How do I find peace? Where is that? I want to point you to one place. I want to point you to the cross of Christ for he paid it all for you. And he offers you this new life in him. He offers you this new way to live that's in peace and joy and thankfulness. And he offers you a road that ends in heaven with him. And he'll lead you all the way. So if you're looking for that, look no farther than the Lord Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that he offers and the new life in him that he'll give you in contentment, joy, and peace. And you can thank him forever. And we will. Father in heaven, we thank you tonight for this life that you've called us to. We thank you for the joy that is just being your children. And Lord, let us not be caught up in things. Let us ever keep our eyes upon you. Let our lips be full of thanksgiving and and blessings for others and forgiveness and, and joy in the unity of love together. We thank you for this life that you've called us to. It's all of you. And we just give you praise tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.